0: And now, the B.C. Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. This is B.C. Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. He the man. It was a
1: smash. Hello, everyone. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm
2: Casey Wilson.
1: I wish you could see Casey in costume today. Wow, that is impressive, <laughs> Casey. <laughs> <laughs> You (laughs) wish. Whose doors are you knocking on this weekend? (laughs) Well,
2: I love how we do Halloween in our building. We all get drunk. We go from door (laughs) to door. Oh, my God. Everybody takes a bottle.
1: That's something we need to cut out of the show right away. <laughs> uh, well, welcome to the show, folks. Uh, there, and you know, there's less than two months to Christmas, Casey, now with oh, Halloween. No, don't Come tell here, me, it's Tony. time to get shopping. Uh, one of the things I'm hearing about a lot are supply chain problems with wine. I don't know if you've been reading about it. No bottles, no containers, exactly. no nothing. So, the big tip today, and to the many winers that we speak with that are low on inventory, is get out there and buy now. Now's the time to check out the best uh, deals of the season. So, Keep that in mind. Uh, but coming up on today's show, uh, Casey, we're going to talk with, uh, here we go, Carlos Jano. He's the vice president at Green Square Vert. We're going to learn about maybe getting a unit up in uh, Kelowna. Would you like to move up there and yes, live in the sunshine? Yes, to a
2: penthouse. Tony, I know you have wanted to buy a place up there for years. I know. You should have done just... it 20 years ago.
1: I should have, but, you know, should have, could have, and would have. I had things to do. Uh, But also, we'll be talking to, we're going to go back over to Mission Hill today and talk to Craig Pringle. He's the guest experience director. What a job to have at Mission Hill to be uh, involved in, you know, creating these experiences for people. Uh, And we'll also speak with Chef Patrick Gaylor about some of the things that are going to happen uh, there over the fall and in the winter. People can get involved in with food and wine at uh, Mission Hill. And then, uh, we, do we have Barkley on today? We also have Barkley Robinson. Yes. Road 13. He's going to tell us a little bit, uh, because, you know, you can't get information out of these guys, about the reno, the retrofit going on at the old castle at Road 13.
2: That castle, honestly, <laughs> I don't know what to say about it, Tony, but well, I remember when it was built.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's, it, it's going to disappear, Casey, and it's going, to be all, uh, it's going to be all fixed beautifully. So we'll catch up with that. And finally, coming up next, our longtime friend David Lorson joins us on the show. We're going to recap the 20th anniversary of the National Wine Awards and start the rollout and talk about the sparkling wines already released, the medal winners from our big judging there in Penticton. All that and more coming up next on the B.C. Food & Wine Radio Show. I'm Anthony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right
0: back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network.
3: The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity while at the same time remaining open to reinvention for carmen it's not enough to be first it's about being better than yesterday carmen the first chilean winery reinventing itself since 1850. find out more at carmen.com
0: as someone who is starting or adding to their wine or spirits collection you recognize your choice of a reputable supplier is paramount as the only auction in canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits iron gate auctions offers buyers a safe and inexpensive way to initiate or enhance their collections they're experts in the field and all of their offerings are meticulously sourced from private sellers across canada to find out more visit irongateauctions.com
3: there are so many ways to experience the wines of black hills estate winery in oliver bc this season whether it's a weekend getaway to wine country or some early holiday planning, check out all of our new releases. Wine Club members can enjoy exclusive benefits, including VIP wine experiences and access to member-only wines like our rare Carmenere, with delivery to your door with temperature-controlled shipping year-round. For details and to book a seated wine experience, visit BlackHillsWinery.com. Taste the flavors of the season at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Their heated patio is open with more space for you to dine safely. So come enjoy a menu showcasing ingredients from their on-site culinary garden. Pair your meal with a new release Summerhill wine for an extraordinary organic experience. The flavors of the season are in abundance at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Online, summerhill.bc.ca.
0: Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson.
1: Hello, British Columbia, from Kamloops to Revelstoke, Kitimat to Prince to Princeton, and all cities in between. Here on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Uh, Our next guest, our first guest today, is the Vice President of Wines at Wine Line and co-chair of the National Wine Awards, David Laurison. David, how are you?
4: I'm just doing very very well, thank you. How are you guys?
2: We're doing so well because we're celebrating how many years, Tony? 20 years. Uh,
1: 20 years (laughs) of this, yeah. I I think Dave's celebrating. Yeah.
4: Yes, I am. Well, Dave,
1: you're
4: you're back in... It's great fun.
1: Yeah, you're back in Toronto. So you've been in Penticton with me for a couple of weeks, and uh, the awards are just starting to come out. But maybe we'll just start with uh, uh, maybe go back to the beginning. What, what are the National Wine Awards?
4: Well, it's uh, it was a program started through Wine Access Magazine, actually, back in uh, 2001 it was our first year. At, we held it at the Royal York Hotel. We had about 570 wines and eight judges. All of them were men. Uh, this year, twenty years later, we're up to two thousand, uh, just under, under twenty-one hundred wines, uh, two hundred fifty-six wineries, and twenty-six judges from seven provinces. So, it's yeah. grown to become uh, Canada's, uh, you know, preeminent uh, wine competition for consumers. And I think the industry is very closely following what we're doing as well, and, and look forward to the results.
1: Yeah. And by the way, Dave, half the judges are women today. They are. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and a great part of the, of the tasting uh, component.
2: Yeah. And what does it take to be a judge at the Nationals?
4: Uh, well, you certainly have to, I think, first of all, you have to have a global perspective on wine. And most of our judges also write about international wines and travel a great deal. Uh, they're totally enthused about wine. They're into it professionally at some level. Uh, and, but most of all, they're just tasting constantly. I mean, being, being a judge, uh, you need to have uh, some, some broad background and depth and be tasting and tasting and tasting to know kind of what you're looking for and also just to have a, a more of an objective viewpoint on it um, to say is this a good quality wine or not based on uh, various criteria.
2: And I know you have one judge who judges in his bare feet.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that makes any difference. <laughs> as long as his feet are washed in the
1: morning. <laughs> Tony shaking his
2: head. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I have. It's like having 26 kids, isn't it, Dave, really, in some ways? That's That's right. Yeah, I they're, mean, they're we, pretty interesting
4: individuals, but we love them. We,
1: we often talk about, you know, asking them to leave their egos at the door. I mean, obviously, you know, people who judge wines have opinions, but. But in a competition, they're in a panel, and uh, they got to try and come to some consensus about this wine in the end. I mean, of course, they judge blind and they score separately, but but in the end, uh, to be fair to the wine, they they have to mostly agree that it's a you know it's a good or a great wine to get the big medal.
4: Yeah, absolutely, and and there's a lot of consideration goes on. I mean, I'd probably half the time spent in the judging room uh, is half the time is tasting, and half the time is talking about. Uh, any of the wines where there seems to be a big difference of opinion. I mean, if everyone is kind of in agreement that it's a great wine or not a great wine, then then so be it, you know. But uh, there's sometimes there are differences of opinion that need to be sort of ironed out and smoothed out and, and come out at the, at, with the right decision on that wine.
2: Yeah. And, and what is the current state of Canadian wines, Dave?
4: Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, ne- there have never been more produced. There's there never more wineries. Um, we Again, just... Going by the number of entries we had, 2,100, uh, that's not every wine in Canada, but uh, it's certainly representing uh, the lion's share of of the wines that are being produced, and particularly by the medium and larger wineries. I mean, virtually all of them were entered. Uh, Most of Canada's important wines were there. Um, So it it really is a a great snapshot of of where we're going. And, you know, the sheer number of medals, uh, the scores keep going up every year, the number of medals keep going up. And it's because the wines are getting better and better and better. It has to do with vineyards. It has to do with the winemaking experience. Um, and it's a very exciting time, actually.
1: Not, you know, not every wine wins a medal, but a fair portion do. And I always get a kick out of people who say to me, well, how come there are so many, you know, how, how come you give out so many medals? Uh, actually, we don't give that many out. But I can't imagine making wine myself any wine that couldn't win a basic medal. And I think that's uh, right. how, thing, you know, how things have changed so much in uh, from that first tasting at the Royal York. I mean, there was a lot of defective wines, faulty wines. We see less and less. That's right. I mean, we see some. We see some issues with with corks, but really, faulty wines are a thing of the past uh, for most. Uh, you know, most professional wineries. Let me say that. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely.
4: And I, and I think there's a huge difference. Uh, And the attitude of the judges, too. I mean, Tony, you remember you and I being in those first few years, there were some flights of wines we just dreaded because we knew that they were going to be pretty difficult to taste, you know? Yeah. Uh, And uh, that's not happening. Almost every category now is uh, generating some kind of excitement and enthusiasm amongst the judges. So, again, as you say, very few sort of poor wines.
1: Yeah, our guest is uh, Director Wines at, the, at Wine Align, co-chair. He's the VP at Wine Align and co-chair of the National Wine Awards, David Loris. And talking about those categories, it's interesting you say, Dave, that, that there was some categories that we dread. And then for a, for a long period of time in the middle, there was a couple of categories that really stood out. But that's not the case anymore. Right. What what would, you, what would you say about the categories today or the grapes that are standing out?
4: Well, I think that one of the real surprises um, and most interesting is the ascendancy of sparkling wine in Canada. Uh, The results for those have already been announced on WineLine, but there were uh, almost 200 sparkling wines submitted. And I would bet, you know, 10 years ago there would be 30 or 40. It was kind of a novelty at that that time. But now it's mainstream. Everyone is doing it. Uh, We had uh, over 50 traditional method wines being made. Um, and and then that, that means there's a huge number of sort of less expensive Charmat method wines as well, which I think is a great category for Canada. Um, it allows uh, different grape varieties to be used, express their character, express their region. Uh, mm-hmm. And there are a lot of metals in, in that category as well.
1: Yeah, in fact, Dave, uh, well, so many. There's hundreds of sparkling wines made in, in Canada now, uh, 101 in the competition. And uh, it's it's interesting that Ontario really showed well in the top 10. They they, they placed a lot of uh, excellent wines in the top 10. But a tiny little winery from the Thompson Valley uh, achieved the highest score, yes. Harper's Trail, for their uh, Thad yeah, Springs Vineyard. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those no, kind no, of well, things... I've,
4: I've been a fan of their wines for quite a while, actually. But it's that that cool climate and great acid and, and good winemaking.
1: Yeah, and maybe you could explain what winning a winning that top medal would mean to a small winery in an almost unknown district. How that how that changes things?
4: Well, it gets all kinds of publicity first of all, um, and great consumer demand for it. And suddenly, you're you're kind of on the map, even just with one one wine winning a, a platinum medal. So, it's a huge deal for a small winery.
2: Dave Laurison, are there any key differences between BC wines and Ontario wines?
4: Uh, Yes, there are, uh, based on climate and soils. Uh, Both provinces are pretty much growing the same varieties, but it's certainly proving to be, uh, there are stronger varieties in Ontario and some stronger varieties in BC. so I mean, in Ontario, sparkling wine is certainly doing extremely well, and I would say Riesling and Chardonnay, uh, sort of the, the, those three categories are the strongest in uh, in Ontario. Uh, in B.C., those varieties are also doing very, very well, but I think B.C. expands the range a little bit by getting into uh, some of the bigger red varieties, Syrahs and some of the bigger red blends that uh, they can do almost every year because of the sort of the dry desert climate of the Okanagan, whereas Ontario is making them, but uh, not as successful every year.
2: Well, my daughter, went to Karen, went to a conference in Niagara, and she wasn't drinking wine at all. And she came back, and I'm telling you, I've got hardly any room left in my wine climatizer because it's full of Rieslings <laughs> from Ontario.
4: Yeah, they did extremely well. Again, the, the results aren't published yet for the Rieslings, but... Uh, I, I know that the Ontario, uh, particularly the, those coming off the Beamsville bench and 20-mile bench in Niagara, uh, where vineyards are now hitting 35, 40 years of age and limestone soils, I mean, it's just a classic region for them. And uh, it was a very, very strong category. And By the way, folks in B.C., you know, you can order those directly from the wineries. that can ship direct to you in B.C. So
1: Yeah, and we yeah, can't ship so. to you, Dave. And you still can't
4: ship direct to us. So everyone's doing it, yeah. but technically – the Ontario government is saying that's a no-no, but um, but everyone's doing it anyway, so. Uh, believe me, there's a lot of very, very good BC wine flowing into Ontario, which is fantastic. There's a,
1: there's a, but we're seeing letters coming from Alberta to BC wineries, threatening them uh, with their license, telling them not to ship into Alberta, etc. So it's still a mess on the national level getting wines across the country, it which is. is such a shame. When you spend, uh, when you spend seven days inside a room with 2,100 Canadian wines, you know what people are missing across the country, and it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. That's right. That these government people have their pictures taken in vineyards and talk about what well, a great job they're doing, but they block the sale of wine across the country because they want some tax, extra tax money. I, I really had it with these guys. Yeah, sorry, Gabe. Wagon for for
4: years, Tony, and it's yeah. moving slowly, but it is slowly. But just um uh, so, uh, listeners are aware, uh, B.C., uh, Manitoba, and Nova Scotia are the provinces that do allow free import of uh, wines from other provinces.
1: Yeah, and 20 uh, and 89 uh, percent of the people live in Ontario, Quebec, and Alberta. So yeah, anyway, that's, that's uh, let's move on, Dave. Uh, uh, COVID disrupted the schedule last year, but uh, what's going to happen? Where are the awards going uh, from here?
4: Well, we had to obviously miss a year. Um, we were scheduled to be in, uh, in Penticton in 2020, so we just bought yep. that off and we're there this year. Uh, we're back to Ontario, uh, and we're going to be in Niagara Falls. I don't have the specific dates, but I think it's the third yeah. week of June uh, yeah. in in Niagara Falls. So we're looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, it should be good. And, of course, uh, Dave, the, all of the results are going to be released now over the next uh, about 10 days on Wine Align, and oh, uh, we'll have some of it at Gizmondi on Wine too. Uh, Just to wrap it up, Dave, what what are the big prizes at the end when people will see at the very end of all these releases?
4: Okay, well, just to uh, quickly go over it here. So the first releases start to come out uh, this Friday, the 29th, with Gamay Pinot Gris. And I won't go through all of them, but November 1st, Monday is a big day with the Chardonnay and Pinot Noir results. Uh, Then the the final, uh, the the big days are November 10th for the announcement of all the platinum medals. Uh, November 11th for Best Performing Small Winery in Canada, and November 12th for Winery of the Year.
2: If you could Fantastic. send those to me today, I'd really appreciate it.
4: They're they're all on the uh, wineline.com. Just click there and
1: go to awards, and you will see the whole list. Excellent. You'll, and you'll see it you all roll out that. there. Yeah. yeah. Dave, thanks so much for, for joining us today. Always a pleasure to, to chat with you about the awards, and uh, keep well, my friend. And I'll see you uh, probably before Niagara, but uh, for sure in Niagara next June. Uh, okay, thanks very much, Tony. Really appreciate it. Nice talking to you, Casey. Yes, you too. Uh, that was David Lorison, a reminder along with uh, hearing us on the radio in our regular weekly times across British Columbia. You can also listen to the show on our podcast anytime. Look for us on any of the top podcasts platforms and now on spotify up next barkley robinson winemaker road 13 i'm anthony gismondi i'm casey wilson and this is the bc food and wine radio
0: there's more to come this is the bc food and wine radio network
3: red rooster winery invites you to visit for a sensory journey from grape to glass take in the sweeping vineyard lake and mountain views from their cozy estate on the naramata bench This month, Red Rooster is featuring their award-winning and estate-grown Malbec, a beautiful red that's the perfect accompaniment while you take in the views. Seated tastings are offered seven days a week, 11 to 5 this fall. Come for the views, stay for the wine. Visit redroosterwinery.com for more info. Experience award-winning wines and a pastoral view of the Oliver Valley from the covered patio at Tinhorn Creek Vineyards. The tasting room is open daily from 11 to 6. Why not book a black glass blind tasting to test your taste buds? For exclusive VIP experiences, join the Crush Club. Membership includes regular wine shipments, 15% off purchases, early access to new releases, and admission to the Wine Club Lounge. Don't forget, Miradoro Restaurant is also open daily for indoor and outdoor dining. Visit TinHorn.com. GizmondionWine.com, BC's destination for finding great wine at all price points.
0: With their easy to use search engine of over 30,000 plus tasting notes, you can find the wines you want by price, points, and more.
3: Bookmark GizmondionWine.com for the new notes posted daily, each with a photo of the label.
0: Get new ideas and find great buys with seasonal and weekly top 10 wine lists, original stories, and videos.
3: If wine matters to you, join us at GizmondionWine.com.
0: Follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GizmondionWine.com. Monday on Wine.
3: Invest in one of the fastest growing real estate markets in Canada. Green Square Vert is a modern collection of condos and townhomes in the heart of Kelowna's vibrant lower mission. Offering thoughtfully designed one to four bedroom units starting as low as 399,000. Located just steps from Kelowna's best shopping, beaches, schools, and more. Rent your unit worry-free with access to top property management firms. For more info on Green Square Vert, visit greensquare.ca. Overlooking a beautiful 12-acre vineyard in the heart of the Cowichan Valley, the Unsworth Restaurant welcomes you to get away from it all. Enjoy a delectable menu and award-winning wines in our dining room or outdoor patio. Unsworth Restaurant, vineyard dining where casual meets elegant. You can find Unsworth Wines across BC. Look for us at your local liquor store. Visit unsworthvineyards.com.
0: Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson.
1: Hello, British Columbia. Our three-month journey all over British Columbia continues today. We're back on the road and we're on the Golden Mile Bench and pleased to welcome Barkley. Robinson with us. He's a winemaker at Road 13. Barkley, good to see you again. Good to see you as well. Y- you. Thank look you. Uh, pretty composed and uh, calm. Uh,
5: is it the rush before the storm? or It's my mask when I'm not on the crush pad. So
2: it's <laughs> <laughs> Fake it, right? Until you make it. Composure. <laughs>
5: I mean, we sort of talk
1: a lot about it, but it's a like people that have normal jobs just sort of you know, they go through their year and work right. all the time, but you you have this intense period of time. How do Absolutely. you deal with that, and what do you think about it?
5: Um, it it's exciting. Like, you just kind of go on the adrenaline of it. it you know, there's, it's such an exciting part of the year. You've, you've you know, worked all year and all growing season to get that fruit the way you want it. And yeah. then it's coming in and, and all the possibilities are right in front of you. So it's, is it's it, intense, but it's fantastic. Is it yeah.
2: challenging to know when to pick?
1: Yeah,
5: absolutely. Yeah. You, it, it, uh, you have to go with your gut. <laughs> That's what I learned early on. It was just, you know, you go in, you, you, you taste the grapes. You obviously can do analysis, but you can't pick based on analysis. You have to have a bit of bowl. So, yes. um, it's part intuition, part science uh, as all winemaking making yeah. is.
1: <laughs> But I, I guess I like this point—that point in your career when picking is okay. I know I know yeah. when I'm going to pick. Like I, I'm going to go and taste it. Okay, today's the day. Yeah. That's kind of a nice point, absolutely. I think in you know, a winemaker's career, because at the start it must be just, you know, frightening. <laughs>
5: It is. It is at, at first until you start trusting your intuition and uh, and yeah. and see the result, results of it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Do you do you rely on things like oh this reminds me of a vintage
5: four years ago sort of thing and and or, or do you just have to stay in the moment? You kind of have to do both. Uh, you can see uh, similarities, of course, but every vintage is going to bring you uh, curveballs, mm-hmm. uh, 2021 especially. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's always like that. It just keeps you on your toes.
1: So Road 13, we've been talking a lot about the, the iconic wineries of BC going uh, organic. Right. Uh, so that's a big feature. But you also have another feature. You're kind of a Roan place. Yeah. And not many people can say
5: that uh, anywhere in the new world. That's well, true. I mean, um, we have a, a Rhone focus. I mean, we're, we're about full-bodied red wines and, uh, and very elegant whites as well. And mm-hmm. we do a traditional method, method uh, sparkling Chenin Blanc as yeah, well. Yeah, fantastic um, wine, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, but it, So we, we work with the Bordeaux varieties but also the Rhone varieties. And so um, the wines I brought, uh, obviously, the 2019 Jackpot Syrah right. and the 2019 uh, Fifth Element. Um, just bottled, so they haven't been released to the public yet. Um,
1: jackpots at the the top of yeah. the of the chain, the, the top selection. I imagine, yeah, imagined. kind of the reserved tier is, yeah. is basically what it is. It, sorry, is it a blend or is it a site thing for you? The the, the jackpot. Uh,
5: jackpot is about quality, yeah. So it, right. it's like the best of the blocks and the best yeah. of the barrel batches. So yeah. um, you know, we'll we'll. Go through in the vineyard, and and you have the, your most consistent producing blocks of mm-hmm. grapes. And then, as you bring them into the into the winery, you have the the best of the barrels of, in that batch and as well. Do you think
1: about Syrah, like uh, in the Rhone? I mean, we said the Rhone, but do you think about Shiraz or Syrah, or what? What is the style that? People are going to say, well, what's that wine like? How would you describe the style of
5: your Syrah? I would say it's more in that Northern Rhone style. um, So the Jackpot, for example, is 75% from the west side of the the Okanagan Valley on the Golden Mile Bench. Mm -hmm. So you get more of that uh, Northern Rhone, uh, nice white pepper notes uh, that come in. And then 25% of it comes from the Black Sage uh, right up. Southwest facing, there. and so it's much more jammy. So the yeah, two of them warmer. together, yeah, works so fantastic. So
1: the seventy-five is morning sun and late yeah. day shadow, and you get the rony thing
5: going on exactly. Yeah, yeah, with with a little bit more weight and jamminess as well. Yeah, love are you,
2: it. Are you trying anything new in the harvest this year?
5: Absolutely. Yeah, we're we're constantly innovating and and uh, experimenting. Uh, this year, actually, today we're we're receiving three more new tanks. So we brought in uh, three concrete tanks in, in a two-ton format and uh, three Amphora as well to try out with Syrah and uh, Cab Franc especially. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we've got some some larger fermentation fermentation vessels as well.
1: So. Yeah, we're talking with Barkley Robinson. He's a winemaker at uh, Road 13. Plenty going on there. last time I talked to you, there was yeah. talk about uh, reshaping the winery and that. Is that uh, the
5: visiting center and all that? Is that on? Or? Absolutely. It's uh, it's evolved a little bit, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as, as many in, plans do. Yeah, yeah. In, in Mr. Von Mandel's <laughs> style. <laughs> slow but
1: steady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And
5: so, uh, yeah, so we, we've changed the plan a couple times, but it uh, looks like it's going forward. <laughs> yeah,
1: I love it. Yeah, it's going to well, be very exciting. It's always worth waiting to see what he'll do in the end because it's usually always so beautiful. And yeah,
5: and it's such a great setting. Like, where the, where the castle is now, what they're planning uh, as an experience center is going to be fantastic. Yeah, And, and uh, it's going to be really cool to see it roll out.
1: So are you going to make a wine that you don't make at the moment? Is there something that you're burning to make there? At, oh, uh, there's always stuff in my bag. Yeah. Hidden, <laughs> hidden away in the back of the winery.
5: Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some uh, some varietals that we're yeah. looking at. I I don't know if they'd be big producers, but I mean the the one I think that we're the most excited about uh, uh, on a larger scale at this jackpot level is obviously the fifth element, which is our our Bordeaux blend mm-hmm. with with Syrah. So this this particular okay. one is uh, Merlot Syrah dominant yep. with uh, Malbec Cab Franc Petit Verdot and Cab Sauv. So Bordeaux blend. Merlot-dominant Bordeaux blend with with a good chunk of Syrah in there to really give you uh, some pepperiness and some really nice uh, black cherry in there as
1: well. And, and when you say that, it's kind of cool because if you live in Bordeaux, you're not allowed to put Syrah in your blend. Exactly. So maybe this is a better wine than, than a Bordeaux blend with Syrah in it uh. Who knows?
5: Who's to say, right?
1: Yeah, everybody. It's, it's nice not to have that restriction, though, right? <laughs>
5: I guess you can say. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You well, I can say. say whatever I want, but
1: that doesn't uh, make a great wine. Yeah. But it's nice not to have restrictions. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, like here in Canada, you can pretty much do what you want. Yeah. Yeah.
5: You can really, um, you know, you have a blank slate as far as you know what what we can do uh, with varietals if, if it grows well and it and it. Uh, and it works, then we can do it. There's no laws against what, what type of grape we can grow where. So that's mm-hmm. that's the nice thing about it, and that's why a lot of international winemakers like to come to Canada, um, and it's fantastic, Yeah, that
1: freedom. Uh, we've been talking to other people about the harvest itself, but how about you?
5: More, more grapes, less grapes, what size? Uh, what, what do you see down south? Uh, similar to, to most areas. I think you have smaller berry size, um, the clusters are a little bit lighter than, than previous years just because of the dryness that we had uh, through the summer. Like yeah. We that didn't, heat we, dome. Yeah. We didn't really get rain from May until August. Yeah. Uh, we're getting our first rain now. And uh, so that really affects the grapes, but you get a concentration of flavor. So um, as much as we didn't get as much as we thought as far as weight, uh, the concentration of flavors is fantastic and mm-hmm. the quality of the grapes is amazing. So. You'll be good. Well, you came from Ontario. Yeah. Uh, Now, uh, you knew it was a desert. Yes. uh, But
1: it was a dry one this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was extremely dry. Yeah. But it's kind of fun, I think, eh, to
5: have all these different things going on. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's an amazing place to grow grapes. I I think it's uh, second to none really anywhere in the world.
2: And Uh, what's your favorite part of this busy time of year at World 13? uh,
5: It's it's kind of getting that glimpse into the future and, and seeing how each, each varietal comes in from each block and tasting the fruit and then tasting the wine as it's going through fermentation and going, I know where that's gonna go and this is gonna be so special. Mm-hmm. And then just really shaping it and just taking what, what we've done in the vineyard and really maximizing it in the winery. So
1: you well, you sort of mentioned it but, but we think as a you know we're new we're young whatever but you have some of the oldest vines uh, yeah. in Canada growing there you you mentioned the chenin blanc that goes in the sparkling that's wine correct. that's
5: kind of exciting to work with such old vines it was i mean uh, being a red wine uh, winemaker uh, i love making big full bodied red wines and then to to show up and have chenin blanc planted in 1968 it yeah. was just like the best wow. bonus ever to to be able to make sparkling from something like that so, yeah yeah it's pretty fortunate
1: and it, it's almost fun to work in those vines it's kind of like wow you know they're they're so old they're like people almost oh
5: yeah and you can feel the history like you yeah. walk through that that vineyard and you can just feel it it's, it's fantastic that
1: is the best part about wine and i think if people come to understand those kind of things then then drinking wine just becomes at a whole new level for them yeah absolutely yeah. it's a complete
5: experience, for sure.
1: Barkley, great to catch up with you. I can't wait to, to go to the new place Absolutely. when it gets done. But in the meantime, I'll just uh, I'll know you by the wines you're making, and they're pretty damn good at the moment. So thanks so much for joining us. Well,
5: thank you for having me.
1: That was Barkley Robinson. He's the winemaker at Road 13. You're listening to the B.C. Food & Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi.
3: I'm Casey Wilson. We'll take
1: a quick break, and we'll be right back.
0: There's more to come. This is the B.C. Food & Wine Radio Network.
3: The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself
6: since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. This winter, the Inn at Therapy Vineyards invites you to get away for a luxurious retreat experience. Modern rooms overlooking the vineyards and Lake Okanagan set the tone for a relaxing stay on the Naramata bench. Sip award-winning Therapy Vineyard wines on your patio, soak in the hot tub, and enjoy a guided tasting experience in the wine shop. Book your room online today or order Therapy Wines delivered to your door at therapyvineyards.com because everyone needs a little therapy.
7: Gold, award-winning.
6: Discover Gold. Our tasting room at Gold Hill Winery is open and ready to welcome everyone. Come explore our
2: beautiful vineyard and reserve your unique and personal tasting of our exclusive small lot
6: favorites. We can't wait to see you again and share our passion. Discover Gold. Gold Hill Winery on the beautiful Golden Mile Bench in Oliver.
2: Online, goldhillwinery.com.
3: Clos de Soleil Winery knows that the best wines keep it simple. It's all about the grapes and the place where they are grown. Minimal handling, minimal intervention, maximum beauty in the bottle. Nestled in a sunny, stony corner of B.C.'s Similkameen Valley, Clos de Soleil produces wines that blend the best of Bordeaux varieties with their unique terroir. The result? Wines that are elegant and effortlessly special. Tastings by appointment or buy online at closdesoleil.ca. Free shipping to B.C. and Alberta on orders of six or more bottles.
0: Now back to BC Food & Wine Radio, here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson.
1: Welcome back to the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gizmondi. I'm
2: Casey Wilson.
1: Uh, Very pleased to have with us today Craig Pringle. He's uh, Director of Guest Experience and Chef Patrick Gaylor here at uh, Mission Hill Family Estate Winery. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Does anybody have a tougher job than the head of Guest Experience?
7: No. Chef Pat. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Really?
1: Yes. Oh, I thought your job would be tougher at the moment, but uh, it's been quite a ride for a couple of years. It has. It's Uh, been
7: couple tough seasons yeah but
1: you you were changing what you were going to do anyways at Mission Hills so I don't know was it a boost to that
2: or
7: it gave us an opportunity to really reevaluate what we were doing on site and And to have the time to do that (laughs) absolutely (laughs) absolutely last year when we decided to open for June 1st yeah we had a month to get the plan in place what are we going to offer on property to be able to keep guests safe and provide a, a world-class experience? Yeah, and so it's been an incredible journey, but the feedback has been tremendous.
1: What like what is some of the feedback? Like what is it that people really like about it now?
7: They enjoy the calmer feeling across property, less visitation. Yes, they get their own personal sommelier for the day when they book into an experience. Yeah, and it's more educational for them. So it's a more premium experience, and instead of thousands of people coming onto property in one day, yeah. maybe it's 500, and with all pre-booked experiences.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a nice drop, and it, and it can be like a twosome or four people or six, like you, your party is your party. Is that, is that the way it works? That's correct. Yeah. So
2: you talk about the perfect guest experience. What is the perfect guest
7: <laughs> Everybody's How perfect. can we? Be Everybody's the... perfect. No, no. How can we be
2: the perfect guest?
7: Well, I think that as a guest, uh, it's really nice when people are asking engaging questions. They're curious they're interested to hear about food and wine pairings or the property Mm -hmm. and it gives the team a chance to showcase their knowledge yeah yes
1: I always think the guests should do some reading about the place before they get there too because uh, the more you know about it the easier it is to sort of get into the swing of things on
7: site absolutely and a lot of people do yeah they come to Mission Hill knowing that they've they've done their uh, research on it and they're excited to be here
1: and Mission Hill Family Estate by the way has a new website which uh, uh, I said, thank you very much. Uh, and there's a ton of info on there now, so there's lots going on. Uh, well, Chef, are you involved in, like, a, you have to sit down and think about these things that people are going to do. What, mm-hmm. what, what what do you want them to know Or when they come here? I mean, I see you got bees down here, you've got gardens over there, you got tons of wines. and
8: Yeah, I think we're um, working with the winemakers the last couple of years, and, and even some of the viticulturists. And, and, you know, we grow the grapes in close proximity to the winery we should be sourcing all our food as close to the winery as possible you know mm-hmm. we should mirror what's happening in the vineyards with what we're where we're getting our produce and how we're working with that produce it doesn't right. make sense to have a coconut or pineapple here it's it's just like a grape varietal that doesn't grow here doesn't thrive here we don't do it right same mm-hmm. thing with fruits and vegetables so the last couple years that's been a big focus for us if, if you're coming to the valley and you're going to the farmer's market or you're driving through the orchards you should be seeing all that stuff on the menu yeah
1: yeah i i mean i could be off base but i always feel like that i feel now like the bc the wine business is driving organics across the yeah. province will do you feel like that's infecting farms or did farms infect uh, the wineries or i mean they're all farms but
8: yeah i think farms farms kind of got got off a little bit earlier than than, than the wineries have it's yeah. been something it, it's it's such a huge task to operate a farm locally here you have to be really passionate about it and people that are passionate about farming are passionate about being organic and being holistic so it's not like they made a conscious effort to change to organic that was something that they all would have wanted to do you know, initially, yeah. right? So yeah. whether they're certified or not, they're, they're almost all using organic practices. A lot of the farms that we use don't even use any mechani- mechanized equipment. It's all hand power. So, wow. You know, yeah, they take it really seriously.
1: Yeah. I love it. Uh, we're speaking with uh, Craig Pringle. He's the director of guest experience here at Mission Hills. Chef Patrick Gaylor joins us to talk about uh, the new experiences
2: here. And I'd like to know what your favorite um, piece of equipment is or gadget in the kitchen.
8: Nice. Nice. It has to be knives. I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd and I love knives. So I it, it's one of those things. Being able to have a, a functional piece of art in your in your hand and yeah. use it every day is so satisfying and it you can't you can't cook properly without a sharp So so sharp for knife. me at home yeah. if I'm gonna have a knife what would you what would you recommend that
1: I now, go? Out what and... would
2: you recommend for Tony for say two to three knives?
8: Uh, generally, there's three knives will get you pretty much everything. Everything you, you need, need to do, yeah, yeah. You know, a small paring knife, a petty knife. So you're going about 90 mils to 150 mils from yeah. a pe- uh, from a pairing knife to a petty knife, and then a small chef's knife is anywhere 180 to 240 mils. Yeah. Um, and then from there, like those are yeah. generic sizes, but you have to put them in your hand too because depending on the person, narrower handles or yeah, large handles. hand. Yeah. So there's a couple of shops in Vancouver that they have all and that's the thing they have them all on display you can pick up all of them and so after you know if you have something you're used to working with and you like then yeah. if it ain't broke don't fix it yeah. you know find another knife that's similar to the one you're using it just might be a better quality steel but ba- or something is balance important for yeah you? absolutely yeah. yeah yeah and there's a there's a couple knife makers that do a really good job of balancing the the size and length yeah. of the tang in a knife to to really achieve that balance yeah so and
2: best piece of advice for a a new chef just coming into the business coming you know going into the kitchen
8: I think it's people have expectations of themselves and it, it's always a work in progress you know you you're very seldom gonna get something right the first time and yes. don't get disturbed discouraged yeah. by that you need to try it again and then again and then again and you'll find you'll just get better and better and better and like just enjoy the process of getting better yeah and
2: what about attitude
8: Sa- same sort of thing I think curiosity is really key being open at asking questions every 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 opportunity is a learning opportunity right you can learn how to do something the right way and you can also learn how to do something the wrong way and you know like so you can look at pretty much any situation and learn from it right as long as you, you kind of take that attitude into it you you know you can progress really quickly yeah yeah Craig, what, what, how would you describe
1: sort of the array of experiences here? Like, what, what can people do? Give us an example of some of the different things that can be done here.
7: Absolutely. <clears throat> I generally break it down into three sort of categories. There's the seated tastings in the boutique. Yeah. They range from half an hour to an hour. They're really entry-level, educational-based. Then we have the sommelier experiences. They're paired with food, they, and a tour is included across the property. You have your own personal sommelier, and the final part of it is the terrace restaurant. So mm. set wine-paired menus, enjoy the restaurant aspect. Those are the three real departments that we have on site here. Mm.
2: And I want to add one more. <laughs> My favorite experience is the gift shop. There you go. It's the, best gish- it's the best gift shop in the Okanagan Valley.
7: Thank you very much. The there team's very proud of that. Yes. Yeah. Lots, yeah. to
1: sol- lots to select there. So uh, in terms of uh, dining here, you'll be able to dine in through the middle of October? or how, like wh- What goes on after Thanksgiving? There's the whole winter season yeah, yeah. planned and all that?
7: Yeah, we have a really exciting plan in place. So the terrace is open until October 10th, yeah. and then we're going to offer two-course wine-paired lunches out of the Chagall which is really nice, seven days a week, uh, starting in October all the way through until March when the terrace reopens. Oh, fantastic. Um, We're going to continue to offer sommelier experiences. And then on top of that, we're going to have these uh, fall dinner series uh, themes. And so every other weekend from October till December, Chef and his team has created these wine paired dinners that we'll host out of the Chagall. Mm Mm, you know very exclusive elevated 250 dollars a person come and have a reception in the visitors hall first followed by a four-course seated dinner with live music and chef will come out and speak to the food and wine pairings and our winemakers Corey, will come down and introduce herself as well wow yeah that
0: sounds great yeah
2: fantastic. yeah fantastic
1: i want to move up here casey <laughs> yes me too yeah. uh well, listen guys great to catch up with you i know it's a uh, it's it's been a busy time all fall, but uh, it, it, it kind of relaxes after that. So it would be nice to come up in the, that, that time of the year when there's not <laughs> yeah. so many people and uh, no, I, have some fun.
8: I, yeah, if I have friends and family coming, I always suggest, you know, mid, mid-September is a great time. It just uh, just decompresses a little bit, but we still get really nice weather. Yeah. And uh, being part of crash and everything that time of year is, is super exciting. Super.
1: Thanks for joining us. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, Craig Pringle, he's the Guest Experience Director here at Mission Hill Family Estate. Chef Patrick Gaylor. Uh, is cooking all over the place here. Uh, you won't want to miss his food. Okay, folks, don't go too far. There's plenty more coming up on the BC Food & Wine uh, Radio Network. I'm Tony Gasmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back.
0: There's more to come. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network.
1: You know you want it, so come and get it. The Modest Butcher invites you to Happy Hour every day from 2 to 4 p.m. On the menu, beers, cocktails, wine by the glass or half liter, and don't forget about the new appies. Also making a comeback? Tommy and Tannen Tuesday. Get their tremendously sized tomahawk steak with all the fixins and a bottle of their tomahawk-worthy vino for $180. For more details and to book, visit modestbutcher.com. Come and get it.
3: The Maipo Valley is a one of a kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first, it's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since
6: 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. Casual, modern dining. Exceptional Okanagan flavor. Introducing the most anticipated new eatery in the valley. 15 Park Bistro at Watermark Beach Resort in Osuyus. Chef Nick Atkins and his team are ready to create an unforgettable dining experience for you. Utilizing fresh, local ingredients. 15 Park Bistro's lakeside patio with its unmatched views of Lake Osuyus is now open. Indoor dining available as well. For reservations and more, including full takeout menu options, visit 15parkbistro.com.
0: Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson.
2: Hello,
1: British Columbia. I'm Tony Gizmondi.
2: I'm Casey Wilson.
1: Our next guest is Carlos Salentagiano. He's the Vice President of Sales and Marketing uh, for Green Square Vert. Carlo, how are you today?
9: I'm doing very well. Uh, Thank you for having me on here. I'm so excited to be able to uh, speak about this great community and and, uh, highlight the city of Kelowna where, where it is located.
1: Well, we're, uh, obviously we talk a lot about food and wine, but one of the things that both Casey and I will have noticed over the last uh, three or four decades is, is the number of people that have actually moved to the Okanagan uh, to live up there. So let's start with that. Why, why do you suppose that people go to the Okanagan? Is it, is it just cheaper? Is it lifestyle? What, what, what do you think is behind the big move uh, to wine country?
9: Yeah, well, that's a great question. Well, if you love food and wine, <laughs> by Nate, Kelowna's nature alone, you're surrounded by many, many wineries. I think the last count that I'm aware of is over 300 wineries up and down the valley. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, what we're hearing from from buyers and purchasers, uh, of whether it's single-family or multifamily type of, of homes, um, they're moving, uh, you know, to experience a lifestyle. And um, Kelowna gives you that ability. Um, and so, you know, we've had that in mind in our marketing, and, and we've, Green Square Vert, uh, this is our last and final phase of Troika's uh, condominium townhouse development, which uh, is centrally located in, uh, in the, it's a very affluent neighborhood in the lower mission of Kelowna. And Kelowna itself, over the last number of years, um, has experienced uh, unprecedented growth. Um, as most of Canada has, uh, especially in the rental rental market, uh, with record low vacancy rates, uh, so the the demand continues to outpace the supply, and that really does have to do with folks relocating to Kelowna, um, you know, to live the lifestyle, and and um, you know, COVID has really uh, you know enabled that to happen where folks can work remotely, so. You could be based out of Kelowna, but reporting to Toronto or Calgary or Vancouver.
2: So what is the last phase? What does that include?
9: That's a great question. So our last phase is um, a collection of meticulously designed condos, townhouses, and in this last phase, four penthouses. Um, And they range anywhere from a one-bedroom and den to uh, four-bedroom units. Um, and all of these units have unobstructed uh, either community or mountain or, you know, what everybody seeks, which is that uh, lake view. Um, the community has a broad appeal uh, with its location, it attracts a variety of demographics uh, from students to first-time homebuyers to young families and downsizers.
2: And I understand even dogs.
9: <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you know that's a great segue into what we have on site as amenities, and then I'll, I'll you know, I'll share off site as well. On site, uh, there is rooftop communal patio spaces. We have a community garden in this last phase, so if you've got a green thumb, this is going to enable you to grow many of your favorite vegetables. Uh, underground secured parking on site, uh, moto car share program. So every home buyer at Green Square gets a one-year membership with the Moto Car Share program. Uh, there's secured storage lockers, secured bike storage. There is the dog walk station. So we're, you know, we're five minutes away from the beach. So if you chose to go there, you've got the ability to, you know, walk, wash Fido's paws. Um, and then we're going to also have an f- on-site f- a fitness facility. And uh, right beside us is uh, a park and um, an elementary school. so that enables us to have those unprecedented views that folks are looking for And then offsite you know've I've shared the beach's five minute walk. We've actually timed it um, mm. so that you know your family your you're your hauling you know, your towels and your cooler um, there's world class golf. Uh, and wineries as well. And then for those skiers that uh, know the powdery slopes of Big White, Big White's 45 minutes away from from Kelowna. Uh, yep. As well, if you're a biker, there's endless trails. We have a sports complex uh, that's close to us. And uh, to finish it off, Kelowna General Ho- Hospital is a two-minute drive. Uh, there's Okanagan College. And then, um, you know, in Lower Mission, it's one of the, the – retail nodes of Kelowna that has uh, both uh, uh, shopping and dining um, uh, for, for the enthusiast.
1: Yeah. Our guest is Carlos Alentagiano. Uh, Alentagiano. <laughs> Alentagiano, easy for <laughs> me to say, Vice President of Sales and Marketing at uh, Green Square Vert. Uh, I'm I'm always intrigued by Mission. Of course, the, uh, the Sperling family, one of the earliest uh, farming families in Kelowna area to uh, – open a winery and of course from i think from your uh, project say on a on a bicycle you're only about 10 minutes away maybe on an electric bike to get over to cedar creek to Home block to all of these nearby wineries so kind of cool place to live and of course very close to the lake last time we were there casey we saw so many people on scooters you said you were going to get on one casey but i don't know did you ever only if on you're
2: driving winner? tony
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't drive your scooter you drive your own scooter <laughs> Uh, but it, but it is called green square vert so the vert part the green part what what was the initiative there you talked a bit about it so it's a it's a green property i take it
9: yeah the you know from the first phase to this last phase it's evolved and you know i'll give you a quick example on our last phase uh, when when we were in the development permit stage we were looking at and anticipating a lot of electrified vehicles coming into into place Uh, we were looking at uh, installing 75 parking stalls uh, with the ability to plug in your electric vehicle. Unfortunately, that shifted, um, so we had to look for a different solution. So to keep on that green energy focus, we then looked to a partnership with the Moto Car Share Program, which... Uh, You know, I I know a personal, uh, you know, individual family that moved. They're both professors at the University of British Columbia of the Okanagan, and they Mm -hmm. purposed to live there because of the motor share car program and Casorcer Elementary that was right next door so their kids could walk to school and they could just uh, take the the car share program and enable that um, to go back and forth between uh, the university.
1: What, what can you tell us about the mix of people coming? Are they coming from, from Vancouver or Alberta or where, wh- where would you say that the the people that are now living there have all arrived from?
9: Yeah, that's, you know, that's a great question. And it's really shifted over the last year. Um, you know, with, you know, I'd say prior to COVID, the majority were coming from the lower mainland. I'd say about 50% uh, mm-hmm. from the lower mainland about, uh, You know, 25% were locals and the other 25% were made up of uh, folks from Alberta and the prairies. And then during COVID, as restrictions started to occur and folks couldn't travel between regions, we saw local uh, purchasers uh, increase. Um, We expanded our marketing across Canada. So we've had purchasers from as far away as Quebec um, and Ontario purchase in in Kelowna um in in 2021
1: yeah okay carlos now comes the tough question uh are you ready what kind of wines do sure. you like to drink
8: <laughs> what kind oh, of wines do
1: you uh, like to drink <laughs> i love deep bold reds um
9: uh-huh. probably like a lot of wine lovers when i was in my early 20s uh yeah you know, i grew up i'm a portuguese uh immigrant son so wine was always part of dinner um and so, uh, but I got introduced to red wine. But really, you know, when you're younger, the white wines are more appealing. As I've gotten older, it's the bold reds. I love a, a great Syrah or a great Malbec.
1: Wow, that sounds good to me. Well, I'm. I'm. Uh, it's fun to talk to you about this uh, Green Square Vert in Kelowna. Folks who want more information about it uh, can obviously go online. That's probably your best uh, site, Greensquare.ca. Uh, to have a look at the final phase and, of course, all of the information about uh, pricing and buying. We should mention pricing. I think it looks a little cheaper than it is here in the lower mainland. Would that be the case?
9: Yeah, and, uh, I mean, the the has experienced, uh, you know, inventory reductions um, and price increases probably like a lot of areas. However, mm-hmm. still you know, uh, a bit cheaper when it compared to Lower Mainland. We, you know, in this last phase uh, between June and uh, the end of September, uh, we sold quite a few units as folks were either coming here on vacation or were searching because of the way the market was. We have three penthouses left, five townhomes and five condos. That's it for this last phase. So thirteen okay. units out of sixty-five units left, and uh, and all of these units are the top floors. So they they come with you know the, those views, views that yeah. folks are seeking. Yeah.
2: Okay, and, Tony. Uh, let's share one of those. Yeah,
1: let's. Uh, I, I would <laughs> like to have a unit in Kelowna. That would be perfect. We could broadcast from there, Casey, right on the roof. We could. Maybe totally the Off out, the, rooftop, the patio of a penthouse. Yeah. Carlos, uh, thanks so much for joining us today on the, on the show. We're happy to catch up with you and learn a little bit about Green Square Verde. Of course, uh, our listeners can go to the website now, Greensquare.ca, for more information. And uh, we wish you well with the final units and uh, finding some great big red wines. Awesome. So, so great to be on the show with you both. Uh, have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you. Carlos Allentangiano, he's the Vice President of Sales and Marketing. That's it for today's show, folks. Uh, special thanks to our technical producer, Darren Regan, who puts up with us in the studio and gets us connected and keeps us on time. Uh, but we are now out of all of that. I'm Anthony Gismondi.
2: I'm Casey Wilson.
1: Have a great weekend. That's it for today's
0: show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production.